Welcome to Much More Much Year with Pup Duffy and Kara Lane, an Aunt Imagination production. Guys, I am here with Leon Acord, writer, producer, theater darling, playwright, everything. You have uh, two books that people can go buy now. It's uh, Expletives Not Deleted and Subliberty. Also your show, Old Dogs and New Tricks. Hello, it's on Tubi as well. I was so excited to find that. Season one and season two are on Tubi and uh, seasons one through four are on Amazon, which is really, really cool. So thank you for joining me. I've been excited to talk to you. You're also this incredible uh, advocate and this political voice on social media. You're out there posting things that a lot of people are screaming on the inside, but you've got you got the nerve, you got the voice, and you're just saying it. So thank you for that. Oh, my pleasure. You know, I think it's because I was teased so much as a kid being gay that uh, name calling doesn't really affect me. Um, in fact, I'm kind of astonished how easily people are allowing themselves to be bullied these days. It's astonishing to me how um, how fearful people are of words these days. Um, they're just words. So, but yeah, I do get a lot of notes from people saying uh <laughs> they'll like send me something saying this is what i would like to say will you say it for me there you go yeah you are the 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 people's mouthpiece so to speak in a way big mouth big hair big mouth <laughs> nice nice yeah. i wanted you to take me i know you were a farm kid growing up talk to me about little leon obviously uh coming out of the closet must have been kind of stressful and, and interesting for you. But tell me, tell me about you as a kid. Is this where you wanted to be when you were little, like being this this actor and writer? No? Uh, oh, no, I wanted to be an actor and writer. Being in the small town was where I didn't want to be when I was little. Um, thank God for TV back then. That was kind of my window to the world. But um, yeah, in Indiana in the late 60s, early 70s, was. Uh, it's not like today with, you know, how the internet kind of connects us all. Looking back, I wouldn't have it any other way because that isolation and all that alone time um, is what created my imagination. You know, I, I I created a lot of fantasies to keep myself occupied, and um, thank God for that. You know, it served me well later in life. So um, I'm kind of grateful for the childhood I had. Also, you know, growing up on a farm, being able to like walk in the fields and talk to yourself and not have to worry about someone seeing you and thinking that you've gone mad. You know. <laughs> Um, I, I do miss that. You do that in the city. Well, nowadays people have earbuds. You can walk around and talk to yourself and nobody gives it a second thought. But um, yeah, I'm really grateful for my childhood. Very grateful. Oh, well, I can just imagine you like milking the cow and if, <laughs> and you've got this like imaginary, you're a pirate, you've got a story on while you're just doing these chores. I think that's cool. And you're right. Having like the wide open spaces and the freedom that must have just helped. Yeah, create. really. I, I miss that. I miss being able to just go on long, aimless walks and without, you know, having, I don't know, ever since I moved to cities, I feel like if I don't have a place I'm walking to, it's a waste of time or something. I don't know. Isn't that something, just to digress for a minute, isn't that something that things that should be considered normal or dare I say fun, like going on walks, it's mm -hmm. like, where are you going? Nowhere. Why? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I used to love going nowhere. I don't know what happened. Um, I don't know. I also being in LA, nobody walks in LA. So you're already suspect if they see you walking around the sidewalk. So. Right. I mean, you're homeless. If you're not in a car, you're homeless. 
I took my, I took two of my boys to LA and we walked, I mean, we did take the subway, but we walked everywhere. And you're right. You get looks like we had a police officer stop and say, are you lost? And we're like, no, we're walking. Wow. We just moved to a neighborhood that's one block north of Santa Monica Boulevard. It's very quiet, but it's nice to feel like we just walk one block and we're in a city again. So it's kind of the best of best of both worlds. Very lucky. I think that's something that uh, I definitely like aspire to have is like, I always say, I want to live in the middle. Excuse me. <clears throat> Hello, puberty. I want to <laughs> live in the middle of nowhere, but within like 30 minutes of a hospital. Like, don't put right. me too <laughs> don't put me too far out. But yeah. where I, where I am now, it, the traffic, the people, I'm over it. I want to just be, put me in a cabin in the woods. It can be haunted. I don't care. <laughs> Even better. Yeah. <laughs> you won't be lonely. Exactly. <laughs> so I don't look mad. <laughs> As I get older, I actually find myself fantasizing a lot about moving back to the country. And, uh, you know, I I'd spent the first 21 years of my life on the farm and then 20 years in San Francisco and I'm almost at 20 years in LA. So it's, you know, I have to, where am I going to go next for the next 20 years? Right. Back to, back to Indiana, maybe. You know, I think about that and then I go home for a visit and if it weren't so red, shall we say, yeah. um, I'd consider it, but I, I, I couldn't imagine living there and you know, like the upcoming election, if it doesn't go the way a lot of us hope it's going. That would it would be really tough. So we'll see. Check with me in a year. Maybe I'll <laughs> yeah. maybe have. Well, you just moved too, like in the past yeah. month. Yeah, so. just three weeks ago. I believe we got it set up so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of work. I have moved more times than I would like to admit over the past, I don't know, fifteen years. Mm. And it's just it's a pain in the ass. But you know what? It's really good for um, like decluttering because <laughs> you're like this. Oh, is yeah. This is not coming. <laughs> You're in the garbage. It's also good for changing habits. You know, I was a, was a smoker. And really about the past year, I got really sloppy and started cheating a lot. And something about being in a new home and a new environment, not wanting to, like, bring old bad habits to your new life. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm back on the wagon again. So <laughs> if nothing else, you know, <laughs> that's a great fringe benefit. Well, hey, congratulations. I mean, you didn't even have to wait for the new year. Ah, uh, well, oh, I, you know, I used to be a really heavy smoker for a long time. And then about the past 20 years, I'll like quit for six months and then smoke for six months and quit for six months. But um, actually quit for three whole years. And then promoting the book kind of got the best of me. And then I just kind of, oh, well, yeah, okay, we're moving. All right. That's all right. Quit date. So here we are. Ugh. Exactly. I was going to say, I, I quit smoking, but I do vape occasionally. So I, I feel like it's better. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know I, I tried don't. vape, the really cheap vapes you get at 7-Eleven. And I always felt like I, it was like a lung cramp or something. So I, they, <laughs> they kind of scare me. But um, actually, the only thing I have about vapes, you know, you smoke a cigarette and you exhale and you get this kind of cloud of smoke. I've seen people vape and they exhale and it's like this cloud of smoke i mean it's amazing how much you can take in with the vape uh, well yeah one step at a time Sorry. <laughs> step at a time i think aside from probably hard drugs nicotine and and uh and sugar are probably like the hardest things to quit yeah and social media <laughs> we, <laughs> yeah. we need you on social media because like i said you are you are saying the things that people are thinking on a lot of people Thank you. and 
talking about Indiana being so red, I want to move to Maine. And my partner's, mm. he's like, that's a blue state. I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> oh, gosh. Wow. Yeah. I admire any couple that can be both sides of the aisle. He is probably more in the center. Like he's sitting kind of in the center going, I like this about that. I like this about that. So, but he doesn't, I don't know what it is. He just wants to like, I mean, we're in Florida right now. So say no more. (laughs) Yeah. I have a friend who's a theater director in Florida and every so often he'd be like, Leon, come down and do a play. And I'm like, can you do it in California? No. Okay. Well, no, never, never mind. Um, I love Florida. We went there um, when I was a kid. My parents used to have a a place uh, that they would go every winter in Florida. Um, I don't know how political you want to get on here. Maybe I should just go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, I hope uh, all of y'all in Florida are able to shake off, you know who, and yeah, you know, he's he's a character. In, incredibly, uh, I'm caught between like he's running for president, and I'm like, well, at least he's not here fucking things up. <laughs> <laughs> That's how people in Indiana were about Mike Pence. I mean, he was like this close to getting um, impeached in Indiana as governor. So um, the orange guy kind of saved him. Isn't that something? This Let's get political for a second. But isn't that something? Oh, that if you're in trouble or in danger of being in trouble for something, you can just run for office as protection. I think I know. there should be checks, more checks and balances. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Like, okay, well, I'm going to go shoplift. And just in case I get caught, I'm going to run for, you know, county supervisor just so, you know, I can claim election interference when they try to charge me for my crimes. It's it's astonishing to me what's happening to this country. I'm old enough to remember Watergate. And it took the Republicans a while to kind of like turn around. But once they did and they realized just how corrupt Nixon was, they put their foots down and said, no, 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 country first. And I... I really wish we could get back to that. You know, I have some friends who are Republicans. They're not MAGA Republicans. So um, I'm constantly reminding people, no, there are good Republicans out there. They're just, their voices are being drowned out. But um, what is the Chinese curse? May you live in interesting times. Boy. Let's not. (laughs) Let's not. (laughs) (laughs) Less interesting. Less interesting would be nice. Right. And I think that's that's a good distinction to make is that not all Republicans are bad Republicans. Right. A lot of them are. And, and it's unfortunate that so many that are bad are in positions of power. It's kind and of the same with Christianity, though, the way Christianity has been kind of co-opted and corrupted. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a grandmother on my dad's side who was, was an old school Christian. I mean, her life was her example. She didn't preach if you didn't ask her to. Um, but she really accepted everyone and tried to love everybody and, and really was an old school Christian. So I, I, I tend to use the word uh, pseudo Christian when talking about the people who um, uh, claim to be Christians, but yet don't seem to read the Bible very much because they don't follow a lot of the teachings. So, I'm, yeah, I'm always reminding people, no, 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 don't bash Christianity as a whole, because there are some good Christians, just like there are some good Republicans. Again, their voices are just drowned out. And plus, true Christians tend not to, you know, scream and yell and make a lot of noise. True Christianity is about being small and letting your life be an example. So, Your grandma is not just an old school, but she's a true Christian because she's literally 
of following the teachings of Christ. You know. Yeah. When I was uh, in my 20s, my boyfriend and I moved in next door to her. And this is, you know, she was a hardcore Christian. Never said a word. Um, accepted Neil, my boyfriend at the time, as though he were family. Um, she was just amazing. And um, I always try to, I always have to remind myself of that. You know, it's like, no, 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 no. The Christ, true Christianity is a great thing. It's just, it's, you know, it's hard to find these days. It's yeah, it's been so perverted to to digress again, but it's been so perverted because, again, with the whole, if I get in trouble, I'm just going to run for office. If I get in trouble, I'm just going to become a Christian, mm. air quote. Mm. And that's an evangelical type of thing that that's the whole, I can do whatever I want, but I'll be forgiven. I'll be washed in the blood. You're a shitty person. You still hurt somebody. You still, God forbid, if you follow Antifa operative on threads, Every day they have multiple church leaders, youth group pastors, nursery workers. And they're all, if you look at their social media profiles, you say, oh, of course, that's who you want for president. Of course, you don't want open borders, things like that. All this hateful stuff. And you're the one that's doing hateful things. So you really have to kind of judge and, and like decide as you meet someone. Mm -hmm. Isn't that, it's a lot of work nowadays. It's a lot of work. It you really is. You can't just be friends, much less, you know, interact with someone until you've done a lot of like in-depth probing. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's safe. You know, it's, I, I, I would love to be more like Dolly Parton because she just, you know, she looks for the good in people and looks for the, the commonality things she can connect with. Um, I, I try to be like that. <laughs> Some days I'm more successful than others, but yeah, it's hard not to just become a knee jerk reactionary. I think part of the problem is compromise is dead. You know, we just, no matter what the subject is, I'm right and you're wrong. And there's like no middle ground, no room for discussion or compromise. And people are so vicious with their judgments. Now it's like, you said what? And I'm not talking cancel culture. Cause I don't even think that's really a thing, but yeah, we, we just, we, the human race has become really intolerant for the most part. Yeah. Well, geez, I mean, a thousand years ago and, and 2016, it's, or even 2015, online dialogue was so different. You could actually disagree with someone yeah. or your point, <laughs> but I feel this way. And you're right. I went, I got off Facebook. I was so, I was like, these people, these are families saying this to each other. Oh yeah. Hateful. And it was just like, it was just a, an indicator of the shit that we're going through now. It's like, you're, you can't, you can't have a different opinion from anybody. It's yeah. like, and if you and do, you're wrong. And I'm right. And you should be punished. Right. It's crazy. There's a, a, a chapter in my new book, Expletives Not Deleted, where I go into about my theory of how the Obama administration triggered the closet racists you know all those people who were racist but they would never dare like say anything out loud and in public that uh, they were so triggered by obama that um they came out of the closets and kind of paved the way for the uh, president who came after obama um and has also kind of just lowered our standards as a nation i think that's one of the reasons we're so mean to each other is because we've for the past six seven years we've seen these examples of just viciousness towards people who disagree. Um, 
I'd really love to get back to kind of some more civility in this country, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We were talking about Facebook earlier. I think social media is, I don't know. You would think that this thing would like bring us closer together and help us connect more, which it seemed to do in the early days of social media, but now it just seems to serve the purpose of just making us in our bubbles and more, you know. Gosh, it's like when COVID first came around, I thought, to myself, I was like, well, surely this is going to bring some sort of unity mm-hmm. because we're all suffering or we're all not in danger, but we're all possibly susceptible to get that. You know, I thought it would be a unifying event. And it was like, you're pissed about a mask. I thought the same thing. I thought going into lockdown, it was going to be, I was thinking a lot then of um, uh, London during World War II, during the Blitz, how, you know, they all just hunkered down. They like went down to the subways every night to avoid the bonds. And they just, you know, there was like this bonding as a community. I really thought that's what was going to happen. <laughs> I was with you. I thought, oh, we're all going to come together and do what we have to do to, to and then we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't. I mean, I was like looking around and I was thinking, surely it's going to be us against the disease, you know, yeah. <laughs> us against us. Like, why, why are you being yeah. stupid? And the people that were screaming the loudest, like I have a, a medically needy child. So I was wearing a mask and my coworkers were not. And I was like, I could be a shithead right now. And I could, I could be a total Karen and I could be like, Oh my God, put a mask on. but I was like, no, I'll just protect myself. And in doing so protect my kid. Yeah. But, it's like the same people that fight about having to wear a mask to not transmit a disease are the ones that wear masks and sunglasses and long sleeve shirts to protest drag shows. Like, right, right. I would respect your point of view more if you weren't a fucking hypocrite. Pardon my French. They're not deleted either. But, you know, don't be a hypocrite. Just be like, okay, yeah, this is how I am. I don't like it but I'm going to wear it. It's like, okay, fine, cool. That's your thing, whatever. And when did this, you know, I came of age in the sixties, you know, I was born in 63. Uh, As a kid, it was all about vaccines. That was your civic duty, you know, and we trusted science and we'll, you know, listen to it. It's astonishing to me nowadays that, that people not only just dismiss it, but the, the conspiracy theories are just, (laughs) <laughs> absurd some of them it's just crazy you know i i said for at the beginning i told lawrence um when all the you know when we were realizing that it was not going to be like britain during world war ii i told him that you know we should have said from the beginning that it was a gay disease because i remember when aids first happened boy people could not be careful enough uh they wanted to ship us off to islands you know if we'd said it was a gay disease, then maybe they would have wore the masks and kept their distance. And, you know, I don't know. Maybe is it still too early to joke about COVID? Probably. No, I don't think so. But it's like, to prove your point, hello, monkeypox. People lost their shit and were like, I'm not going there. It's like, yeah. where was energy two years ago? Yeah. Like, because the demographic is different. It's like, everybody can get that as well. Yeah. And that's another thing um, to go back really quick. The thing about vaccines was absolutely your bodily autonomy. It's like, yeah, if you don't want a vaccine, don't get a vaccine. I don't care. Me personally, I don't care. That's your business. But then the people stopped understanding that workplace rules and regulations, Mm -hmm. and we'll get into terms and terms of service over here, but workplace 
conditions are completely different than your bodily autonomy. You have requirements Mm -hmm. that your job, your employer requires of you. So yeah, absolutely. You don't want to get a vaccine. Don't get a vaccine, but don't get pissed that your employer has rules and regulations, especially if you work in a freaking hospital. You're, you're a nurse, you're a doctor, you're a nurse, you're anybody that works at a hospital and you're pissed off that you have to wear a mask. Like, are you new to the job? Hello? No. I had a, I have a niece who's a registered nurse who was working at a hospital at the time of COVID. And I was, oh my God, I was, I was pretty, um, what is the word? I was a hard ass about the regu- regulations. I mean, I, I was so terrified for her. Plus my husband is in his mid sixties and has a blood clotting issue. His brother has had open heart surgery. My brother-in-law's in his late eighties. My parents are in their early 80s. I have a niece who's, uh, you know, a registered nurse at a hospital. I kind of I kind of lost my shit there at the beginning. It was really going off on people. Um, I remember we flew to Indiana and this was about a year, like maybe 2020, maybe it was 22. It was back when, you know, you started to wear masks on a plane. And I, <laughs> I yelled at more than one person on that plane and in that airport for not wearing a mask. I was... I was completely humorless about it. Yeah. Well, and here's my question. First of all, every time I've flown, I've gotten sick. So I would probably want to wear a mask anyways. Yeah. Also, like, what does it benefit you to throw a hissy fit about not wearing one? It it, it makes no sense. I can see getting passionate about wearing one when there's a freaking pandemic going on. And being, like I said, with my coworker refusing to wear a mask, Mm -hmm. I could have lost my shit. I could have been pissed and threatened to quit or whatever. It's like, I don't understand. What freedom are you losing? Yeah, exactly. What happened to civic pride and, you know, doing your part to keep society functioning? I mean, I I think part of the problem is they don't teach civics and things like that in, in high school anymore, like they did when I was a kid. Um, you know, we were taught when I was in high school that you have certain responsibilities in a democracy and, and certain, you know, the, the, the good of the many outweigh the good of the few, to quote Star Trek. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't think they actually taught that in school, but that was, you know, the gist of it. In a democracy, it's about compromise and uh, the greater good. They don't teach that now, so I, maybe that's why people just are batshit crazy. I don't know. I don't know. I really, I wish I had the answers. It, it just makes no sense. But, and Star Trek, I mean, the, the story behind Star Trek is a societal um, tale anyway. So it's kind of. Yeah. Like, and Star Trek is so woke and, you know, you, it was so popular. Now are people going to eventually turn against Star Trek because it's so diverse? And so, I mean, to hear <laughs> these people say that, oh, the reason that door flew out of that Boeing plane was because we don't have enough white male pilots. What the F are you talking about? It's just the, the way people just latch onto these things and come up with this crazy conspiracy and racism. It just, it's yeah. like some, what, calm down, Leon. No, no. let go, girl. I uh, had to go on Facebook now and rant. Yeah, right. But I think, honestly, and this might be my own personal conspiracy theory. I feel like a lot of people screaming about not wanting to wear a mask. It did have racism in it because it was like, what do you think we are, China? It's like, okay, great. Let's take a look at, you know, China's 
disease stats because yeah. they do in a lot of in public transportation. In Japan, I mean, that's it's common. <laughs> um, when I lived in San Francisco, it was common to see Asians wearing masks on subways. And of course, then we were like, now it's really smart. I mean, I still occasionally, like if I go to a, a, a Target or something, it's really crowded. I'll put a mask on just because it's just, I don't know. I just, when I'm a, in really crowded areas you know the back of the hairs on the back of my neck stand up i can't i don't really feel comfortable without you know well at the very least at the very least the mask is gonna you know protect you from any crop dusting that might happen yeah. this <laughs> <laughs> or any any i would in fact the last time i was at target i like walked in and i'm like like maybe two or three feet in i just got hit by the smell of ass i'm like <laughs> Where's that smell coming from? And I, like turned around and looked at the dude behind me, and he like pulled his shirt up over his face and was like looking at me. I'm like, dude, it wasn't me. It was not me. <laughs> so that's another good thing about masks. You know, it keeps other things from flying up your nose. So, <laughs> a thousand percent. It's like it makes no sense. And, and going to go really quick back to the vaccine conversation. Uh, like I said, I have a medically needy child, and he's autistic as well. And they people were like vaccines cause autism i'm like yeah but, but no vaccines cause you know i don't know smallpox it's like what do you uh, diphtheria you know it's like do it but i had the covid vaccine i had the boosters i wasn't crazy about it i think i got two or three of them mm -hmm. and i never had i didn't get a chip implanted but i also never had covid so. you did become magnetic and <laughs> you can't not a qr code it's just that it's just your choice if you want to get them i i personally personally i think uh you're a horrible parent if you don't uh protect your kid by doing whatever you can yeah. to keep them safe from things that's my personal opinion i don't care i'll say it on social media too but it's also your choice so. yeah yeah it's there's someone in my day job who wears a mask every single day i've never seen him without a mask and he's like probably early 30s and it's fine by me. I just assume either, okay, he's not been vaccinated because he has some health condition preventing him from it, or he has reasons to be overly concerned about who he might bring something home to. The thing is, it's none of your damn business, anybody. You know, if someone wants to wear a mask, let them and shut the F up. Who cares? Like, my thing lately is, and this is a question I wish I could ask every politician, what does it cost you to allow someone else to live their truth, to allow someone else to live in dignity? What does it cost you? Absolutely nothing. Yeah, zilch. In fact, it, it would benefit. I think society would, you know, if we could get rid of all these prejudices and, and just, just leave like, people alone. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The problem is, it it does not cost them anything to do it, but it gains them uh, like followers or it gains recruits to their movement. Yeah. If they again going way back to what we were talking about, social media and people having strict stances on everything there are people specific people that were in positions of power that went on social media and showed people that you can say this that you can say this stuff that you can act this way it was like a billboard of like hey racist hey anybody that hates the gays guess what i'm giving you permission by saying it myself that you can do it and guess what? I'm going to be the commander in chief. I'm going to be the most important person in the country. And I'm going to still say that shit on social media to keep it going so that everybody who might feel that way feels like they're joining this, this movement or this, you know, group of 
holier than thou, um, we have the right answers movement. And I think it's shitty. And I think, I hope November doesn't screw us over. That's all I'm going to say. I am so, it's funny. I, I, I kind of don't let myself think about it too much. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of the person who, um, oh, what is that old saying? It was, I wish I could remember. It was all the, don't, anyway, I, I don't believe in like reacting to things until they happen. As November comes closer, I'm going to be reacting before it happens. I'm going to be scared shitless. Um, it's, you know, I get so tired of every election being, this is the most important election of your lifetime, but this one really feels like it is. I've, to have someone just say point blank that they're going to do these horrible things from day one, we can't allow that to happen. Um, but I mean, if it happens, what do we do? It's funny. There was a uh, prime series of uh, De Niro a while back where it was set in the seventies, where they played this team of vigilantes who went out to try to capture or kill Nazis who had escaped um, judgment from world war two. And I'm just wondering in 20 years, are we going to like see that? Or are there going to be vigilantes going after the magas who yeah. now escaped um, like accountability? Um, I better just stop right there before the secret service comes knocking on my door. <laughs> Big brother. This is just a conversation. Yeah, between just a conversation. This is <laughs> conjecture. <laughs> I'll throw that big brother in every once in a while. I was interviewing someone and they're it, about their film that was on the subject of murder. And we were talking about the best way of the, to dispose of a body. And I was like, oh, wait, I was like, wait, wait, <laughs> big brother, <laughs> brother, the, the, we're just, these are movie ideas. you know. <laughs> <laughs> I have to do that whenever I'm on the phone with my dad. I always have to like, okay, if anyone's listening, that was a joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> be careful these days. I know. I hear Switzerland looks good this time of year. That's, I don't know. So, well, you know, it's, this is kind of a worldwide thing that's going on. My doctor was in uh, Switzerland on vacation over the summer. And she said she was really shocked that she saw so many American Confederate flags. Oh God. The Swiss flag. I'm like, why would they do that? Well, because in, I don't know about all of Europe, but in Switzerland and Germany, you can't fly the Nazi flag. It's against the law. Flying the American Confederate flag is kind of a way of saying that you support. Jesus. Yeah. Switzerland's off the table. Then. Uh, well, it may be our last, you know, our last resort. I, I have a, a brother-in-law who lives in Switzerland, and every so often we're like, um, you got an extra bedroom? <laughs> Scary. And it's also being my age, you know, it's much harder to just relo relocate to another country because you have to, like, prove that you have um, skills or values to bring to that country that, you know, at my age, a 60-year-old actor. <laughs> no, thank <laughs> you. Well, I, I was like, I've researched it. We're going to oh. digress. I've researched it like I've researched how, how to get my Irish citizenship <laughs> through my grandmother, you know, it's yeah. like, and then it's like, okay, you can stay in a country for three months, but you have to leave the country for a month. And I'm like, okay, so we'll, we'll hang out in England. Then we'll go back to Switzerland. I've got it worked out. <laughs> <laughs> Write a book. Cause I bet a lot of people would like that information. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, the only thing holding me back is I figured that I have to win the lottery first. So, yeah. you know, my thing is I can't, I can't leave this country while my parents are still alive. I can't leave my 80 year old parents in this. <laughs> bye mom. Bye dad. Good luck with him. I'm going to do this that. This is going to 
um, cold hearted, but my parents voted for the orange guys. So guess what? Oh Bye. my gosh. Yeah. That's, so thank God my parents are Democrats. The only two in Indiana, I think sometimes, but, um, well, they believe, they believe that he's a Christian and I'm like, are you stupid? He didn't just show up on the scene in 2015 or whatever. Like yeah. he's not known of his existence prior yeah. Like he's not a good dude. He's never was a Christian in any. Oh God, no. No, you know. So that's why they. And I was like, even if you don't know his history, you know, in the eighties of being a landlord in New York, or his, you know, campaign to get those innocent black kids executed for a crime they didn't commit, just his behavior since he's announced his campaign. I mean, the fact that he would have an affair with a porn star while his wife was pregnant. Yeah that he would make fun of a disabled reporter i mean so many things the list is huge of the things he's done that would have destroyed any other political figure i mean just flat out ruined them i mean howard dean his political life was destroyed because he like yelled and laughed funny yeah i can't believe some of the crap the orange guy gets away with and his followers still think oh he's a christian are you out of your mind I, you know, I really do believe the support for him is because he hates the same people they hate. I mean, I think that's what it comes down to. Or if they're rich, they feel like he's going to protect their money. There's no common sense support for Donald Trump. There just can't be. There's, there's no, I said his name. Up. <laughs> but yeah, I can't see how any reasonable person can support him. You're, you either support him because... You, know, you are you are of the same mindset or you support him because you're hoping he's going to give you more tax cuts the thing is if you think it cracks me up because the average trump supporter if they were to knock on trump's you know apartment door he'd call security he has no use for these people these salt of the earth you know the, the average trump supporter he'd he'd cross the street to avoid talking to them and the That's fact that they're like elevating him to some messiah yes. Anyway, the chosen one, the, the chosen, chosen one. Oh, uh, yeah. He's not Christ like he's not. Uh, no, we're just going to we're going to smooth over this and we're just going to get back to talking about the yes. regulars. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I did. Honestly, I did want to have you on because I did want to have these conversations with you because I think okay. people. Like I said earlier on, you're saying a lot of what people are thinking and going back to the fear. We we. As a people, we are afraid. Mm. We are afraid to say something. I mean, just me, me, myself, like, I don't care. I don't, you know, I don't have a filter sometimes. But even me, just like, I'm watching my ass with what I say. Mm. It's like, I don't want to, uh, you know, going back to my partner. We've had some screaming matches. Mm. Screaming matches about things. And oh, look at someone trying to call me. Go away. <laughs> a call, a question. No. <laughs> but uh, it's big brother but uh it's just like it to where we don't we've agreed to not have certain conversations which i think is a healthy thing to have we don't talk about this and he's he'd be like why are you getting so pissed off about it and i'm like i'm not i'm just talking but i do find i'm getting heated and like passionate about it because you just and it's not a i'm right and you're wrong it's a i need you to see i need you to actually understand what's going on same problem. I, I get really passionate and people mistake it as anger or yeah. 
it's just I feel very strongly about this. I, I love our country and I'm very angry about, you know, what's happening to it. And if just talking about it gets me angry, I'm not angry at the person I'm talking to about it. Exactly. Exactly. Get that way. But I feel like sometimes if they perceive it as anger, it's because on the inside, they were kind of already thinking what you're saying, if that makes sense. And they don't want to admit that you could be pointing out truths to them. That could be. I don't know. But Everyone has so many reasons to be angry these days. <laughs> it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy. And it is sad as well, because like, like I said, families are split up because of it. Um, couples are split up because of it. Talk to their parents. Parents don't talk to their kids because of what side of the aisle they fall on. Being in LA too, the situation with um, Israel and Hamas, it, you have to be so careful here because I mean, I, I support Israel. I don't really support the prime minister. I don't support the brutality he's showing and dealing with Hamas. Do they have a right to go after Hamas? Absolutely. Do they have a right to kill all these innocents? I don't think so. But you say that in LA and you're branded a Jew hater. There's, there's no room for nuance or gray. It's black and white and you're one or the other. And that's, that's really frustrating to me to not be able to discuss complicated situations because people can't grasp the complexity. A thousand percent. It, it, there's this severe lack of being able to see both sides of something that I didn't realize it was so rare. It's yeah. like, no, I hate them for doing this. I hate them for doing this. It's a shitty situation on every side. Going back to social media, like if you're a Jewish person and you put, I don't know if I want to name it. Okay. Uh, there was a, an actress, first name Alicia. That's all we're going to say. It was Hanukkah. She put, she posted pictures of her family celebrating Hanukkah in the comment section. It's like, how dare you tell this person who has lived this life just because over here, other people's are doing shitty things. It's not her fault. Yeah. What does she to do? Just drop her religion, you know, drop her culture. Because, and on the opposite side is as well, you know, a Palestinian or uh, post something and it, uh, get rid of Hamas. Who, first of all, who are any of us to say anything to anybody else about their personal experience? Also, I get frustrated. Here we go. I get frustrated because where were your voices prior to October 7th? Yeah. Go and look at your profile. Am I going to see anything that's free Palestine or is pro Israel? Yeah. No, just because you saw it on TV, you decided you're an immediate expert. And yeah, exactly. And you're this little social media vigilante. If you are walking the walk and talking the talk, absolutely say what you want. But yeah. if you just jumped on because everybody else is doing it or it's trendy, God forbid, shut up. You're not doing any good. Yeah. I've finally stopped calling myself an activist. Because I don't think you're an activist just by posting stuff online. You're an advocate, but I think to be an activist, you've got to be like chaining yourself to a tree or, or you know, standing in front of a, a tank in, you know, China. Activism requires some sacrifice, I think. And I don't think it's really much of a sacrifice to sit in your safe home and post <laughs> your, your, you know, expert opinions on things you know nothing about. Right. Activism, I think, like action is implied. It's yeah. like, yeah. Doing it. yeah. It seems like so many actors I know out here are like, oh, I'm an actor and an activist. <laughs> like, really? 
um, sure, okay, sure you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go sit down, sweetie. It's okay. Yeah. Have you called your Congress people? Have you gone to any marches? No, no, you're not an act. Even donated. Yeah. To the Red Cross, like. Well, you know, I would say that would make you an activist, actually, if you're donating I, money. That that would make you an activist. Just shooting your mouth off. Just makes you a big mouth. I'm not impressed. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of acting, what's up next for you? A new book, new show? What are we doing? Oh gosh, you know, I, you know, I. I kind of stopped auditioning for a while while I was working on the last book. So I'm revving that up. Um, I've had five auditions in the past week, which is pretty Dang. a lot of fun. Um, I'm going to start working on the next book in February. It's going to be a kind of a half memoir, half essay collection called Axes to Grind about all the crappy day jobs and temp jobs I've had while working as an actor. Um, but this one's actually going to have like a, Hopefully, anyway, it will have an over uh, overriding theme that the readers will catch on to before they get to the final chapter, where I tell them where the final, what the final theme is. But um, basically, about the battle between being an artist and trying to make a living. I think, and I think that's something that's important as uh, for people to realize as well, because especially with the strike, this could be a whole other conversation. But especially with the strike, hmm. so many, what did you call them? Media uh, media experts. Uh, we're like, oh, you've got tons of money. Uh, you know, you get paid too much anyways. The average working actor has three jobs. <laughs> yeah. Only 15% of SAG membership make enough to be eligible for the health plan. I mean, and that's like $20,000. Yeah. Only 15% of our union make 20000 a year. So, yeah. It's, there's this kind of thing. Like if you're an actor, oh, well, you must, you just, you're automatically successful and don't have to worry about money. Every actor I know, including name actors, have some sort of side gig or passive income or even a day job that they just don't talk about because they don't want people to think. Right. They're you walk into the donut shop, Ben Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> I think Ben probably makes enough to afford the health insurance. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's tough out there. I think that's why there's so many people on Cameo because, you know, it's, it's another source of, you know, Massive income. The strike is another uh, situation where I thought it was going to be unifying. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't. Uh, yeah. It was actually wasn't as I thought it would be more divisive than it was. I mean, there were some people like, oh, you're overpaid anyway. But mm -hmm. I think for the most part, I was really impressed by how much support I saw on social media um, for SAG. So that was encouraging, I thought. But yeah, there were, you know, you always have someone during a strike, hey, you make too much anyway. I don't make that much. So why should you? Well, yeah, acting yeah. is, you know, they well, people don't stop to think that actors, you know, you might have this part and then go a year without the next part. Um, you're not going to make a living at it doing that. But you know, yeah, you've got to work that into the, the compute you know, when you're like figuring out someone's pay, there's a reason why the SAG scale is high because, you know, work is rare. And so when right. you do work, you want to make it worthwhile. Right. I mean, you don't want to work on a project and get $10,000 and then you don't work again for six months. You're like, okay, but my rent is 3000 <laughs> I love this interview recently that I can never pronounce her name, but she played Cookie in Empire. Okay. Um, like she just had a meltdown on some podcast recently and broke down into tears talking about how, yeah, you make this much, but you know, 
Oh, Taraji, yeah. Yeah, that, you know, 20% goes to an agent and another 20% to a publicist and to a manager. And, you know, if, and if you have her level of success, it costs you, it's not cheap. And um, that was kind of, I mean, it's hard enough for white actors. It was really discouraging to see how little she was getting paid for, how and how little everyone in color purple got paid. There really is a discrepancy there that needs to be addressed. Um, but yeah, it was really, if you haven't seen her interview and you think actors make too much money and we're all spoiled, go check out her interview because by the time you pay for all the expenses as an actor, I mean, it's, it's a costly profession, so. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, people can check out your website, uh, leonacord.com and they can follow you on social media. Facebook threads, uh, LinkedIn. I don't do Twitter anymore because, ick. <laughs> but I'm I'm loving threads. Threads is like what Twitter used to be. I I, I would love to see more um, more people get on threads because I'm really enjoying it. Absolutely, threads is threads is definitely early Twitter. Like you yeah, can on on a, a post and they like your you know they they like your comment or they reply to you and you're like. Oh, I think my last few months on Twitter, I think Musk or whoever's in charge of these things, I think he did shadow ban me. You know, that thing on Twitter where it's just, they, you know, you can tweet all you want. They just fix it where no one sees it. Um, so the first couple of weeks on threads, I'm like, people like my comment. Oh, my God. People are responding. They're reacting. They're sharing. Oh, my God. So yeah. and it's like maybe I was shadow banned on Twitter because, I mean, the last couple, it was like crickets. So, That's yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying threads. We definitely see you, um, not to get on a Twitter thing, but I just practice not being big enough for anybody to shadow ban me or ban me in general. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm forever doomed because of that run-in with um, Fendi Brady. Back I wrote about that. I forgot. I had it written down. Yes. <laughs> Fendi Brady said some not nice things, and she got in trouble for it, right? Yeah. It was really interesting when I agreed to do that show. Um, it was a radio show about politics. I had a lot of friends saying, oh no, Leon, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. She's she's a die-hard Republican. You'll, it's, a, it's a trap. I'm like, oh, I can handle her. And when I got there and we were waiting to start the show, um, we were talking about abortion. It turns out she was pro-choice. And I thought, oh, psh, this is gonna be fine. This is, she's fine. That light went on, and oh my gosh, the crazy things that flew out of her mouth. Um, so yeah, I think it was my that whole thing and me calling her out, and it kind of branded me forever as a liberal know-it-all loudmouth. So um, it wasn't celebrity that got Musk to shadow ban me. It's like, oh, someone who we don't agree with, let's shut him up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, she was my least favorite Brady anyway, so. You know, she was my favorite Brady. Oh, no. Yeah, because I was the youngest of my family. I had blonde curls too, and I—it's funny because my husband still watches it on a weekend. He'll put it on while he's puttering around the house. I'm like, "You traitor!" <laughs> yeah. He's like, "Leon, he's she's hardly in it at all." And I remember now being a kid watching it and being frustrated. It's like, "Where's Cindy? Where's Cindy? Why isn't you know?" I that's she's the one I tuned in to watch. How ironic that years later she'd be the reason I would turn it off. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Well, you know, you were you were living for your representation on the Brady Bunch. <laughs> I know. I feel like Cousin Oliver. 
Right. Oh my God, that poor. <laughs> he's a, such a nice guy, by the way. He um, he's had a similar kind of situation with her, so he and I kind of bonded on social media. Oh, well, you know what? Screw Cindy Brady. <laughs> Florence, she was oh, Florence. He was so sweet. I love Florence Henderson. My mom is, well, was when I was a kid, the spitting image of Florence Henderson. She even had the flip shag before Florence had it. So yeah, I, that's probably another reason I like Brady Bunch because it reminded me. And my dad actually kind of looks a bit like Mike Brady. So it's all coming together. It's all yeah. <laughs> there we go. It's the uh, it's the Acord Brady conspiracy. I know. <laughs> I was destined for this. I don't know. Yeah. I, was, I was made for this. I was born for this. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> the Brady Nader. <laughs> no. <laughs> the Brady well, Bader. That's why. Ooh, that's a whole different conversation. <laughs> I mean, have you seen Marsha? Just saying. <laughs> I like Marsha. You know, my favorite's Jan these days. She seems to be the most level headed, you know. Let's not get off on a, on a Brady tangent, but you're right. They were always like, sure, Jan, or shut up, Jan. But mm -hmm. honestly, she knew what was what. It's she was our kids with glasses. They grow up to be something. She was calling out the bullshit on the daily. Yep. I like Marsh. I like um, Marie McCormick. She's pretty liberal on social media, too. Jan or Eve Plum doesn't really get into politics, I don't think, too much. But um, she's she's there. She's pretty cool. I was at a restaurant about a year ago and we looked over and Barry Williams was at the next table and my friends were like, come over and say hi. I, I, it's like, no, thank you. No, no. Oh no. Is he like Cindy? I heard he is, but I didn't want to confirm it. Um, I've you caused know. enough trouble in that, uh, in that <laughs> bunch. So. <laughs> I keep saying Cindy because I don't even know her real name. <laughs> Um, I just call her Thindy Olsen because I know she hates being called Thindy Olsen or Thindy Brady. Whoops. Thindy oh. Brady. We're going to wrap up, but this is something uh, that is so like um, timely is the fact that a lot of these actors or actresses that we loved growing up or, you know, as young adults, Kevin Sorbo, uh, Dean Kane, John Thindy Schneider. Brady. John Schneider. Are you kidding me? He came yeah. in place on the mass singer that night he tweets a death threat to the president i'm like what the fuck and then denies it like the very next morning it's like if you're going to be a jerk and have a, an asshole at least have the balls to you know claim it to claim it and own it but you know what it you know what it just uh it's the impetus to find new heroes or new loves in mm -hmm. film and tv mm -hmm. you know like Leon. I have to say, all these people who, you know, the Sorbos and stuff, I think they're idiots. But I also have to say, God, they're incredibly brave to, because, I mean, to label yourself as a Trump lover in show business. Another, another pup conspiracy uh, theory. They're just trying to stay relevant. Well, I, I, I don't even think that's a theory. I think that's a fact. I think a lot of them. <laughs> Um, I mean, James Woods, what are you doing these days besides tweeting? Yeah, exactly. Chachi. Sure. Yes, Chachi. Go look at the IMDb. When, yeah. was the last work? when was the last time they worked that wasn't for like a faith-based film company? That's another thing. Yeah, Antonio <laughs> Sabato Jr., another one. Yeah. It's sad. It is All sad. these people we grew up, you know, having crushes on or, or just loving their work. and. Thank God Eric Estrada hasn't turned bad yet. <laughs> 
Come on, Poncherelli. <laughs> <laughs> and the monkeys, I don't know. One, you know, two, two were dead. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is, you know, there's a famous saying, you should never meet your idols. And um, I think that's true. I've, I've met a couple and it's, yeah, it's, it's probably not a good idea to meet your idols. I've been very lucky. Um, I would say with 99.9% .9 accuracy, every person I've talked to for the show, I've liked. I've never had anybody that I was like, probably close to 100% of everyone I've talked to, which I don't know if it's just the luck of the gods or if it's just we've found common enough things to, to not... That's one of the reasons I love Dolly Parton so much. She's kind of the same way. She reaches, you know, she f searches for that common good, that thing that she, you know, people can agree on. I, I can be really intolerant. My dad tells me, um, and I'd really love to be more like her. I wish I could kind of overlook the bad and just accept what I see as good. Um, maybe I'll get there some. Yeah, I mean, Dolly Parton's on my list of people I would love to meet. Oh, uh, uh, me too. Betty, Betty White was, unfortunately. Uh, I, I missed out on that. But she is on my list. And, you know, Henry Cavill. But, uh, yeah. Those idols, I think, would be okay to meet. <laughs> I met Joan Collins once, who I was just crazy about in the 80s. Actually, all growing up, even before Dynasty, I, I really liked her. She and I share a birth date. Uh, I'm not going to say anything else other than just I met her. Oh, Yeah. Well, my dogs have decided to bark, so I guess that's my uh, my yeah, nudge. You. Mom, stop talking <laughs> and feed us. <laughs> right, exactly. Dinner's been, been wonderful talking to you. Been great talking with you, pup. Thanks so much for having me on. This has been a really good time. Will you come back anytime? I will. I twist my arm. <laughs> All right. All right. Bye, Leon. Bye, pup. Bye, puppies. This has been an Odd Imagination production. Here at Odd Imagination, you'll find book, film, television, and product reviews, as well as roundtable discussions, current events, and hot topics. We are advocates for equality and the freedom to be who you are, no matter what. Odd Imagination gets its name from autism and imagination, two things that are very important to us. If you would like more information on Odd Imagination and the podcasts that we host on our website, you can visit oddimagination.org, A-U-T-I-M-A-G-I-N-A-T-I-O-N.org. And pulling me she knows all about the drug i plagiarize all my apologies and they still want enough i know i know i know that i should let her go but i don't i don't i don't seem to be in control i ain't blind i can see